Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If all you had brought before you was this image, a man hung on a cross, given the worst of death for offenders by the Romans, and you were surveyed in a poll, would you follow this man? not knowing anything else about him. He was just, just this, just this death, this suffering. Would you say in that poll, yes, I would follow him, or no, I would not follow him? I almost guarantee all of us would say, no way. We wouldn't be associated with a criminal. Barely want to be associated with a criminal now, if I'm being honest. Right? Who wants to be associated with those who are doing evil deeds? What is it that Isaiah tells us? That's exactly who Jesus associated himself with. He didn't just say, I will sometimes talk to the transgressors. I'll sometimes work with those who have done some iniquities. He says, no. I am to be numbered among the transgressors. I am a transgressor because I have taken your sins in me. Who wants to be associated with Christ? Well, by all worldly standards, nobody would want to be associated with him. That's what Isaiah says. He was a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. Because who wants to look at that? He was despised and we did not esteem him. We had no respect for him. By all standards, it seems like whoever he offended was very offended. Whoever he ticked off put him to death. Why would I want to be around him? In fact, if we want to hold it to the standards of the time, this is God's judgment. That's why he's on the cross. He fell out of favor with God, and God is now punishing him. That's what it looks like. We esteemed him, stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But here's what was behind all of that. Here's what you cannot see with your eyes, but have to hear with your ears. That in this, he was carrying your sins to the cross. In this, he was being afflicted and stricken and smitten by God for you. He was being wounded, not for his own transgressions, because he was sinless, spotless Lamb of God. But he was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. The punishment for sin was being poured out on him by the Father in order to spare your life. That is not known unless the gospel is preached to you. Well, now I want to cozy up to Jesus. Now I want to be really close to him because that's what changes my life. Since this is true, since what 
God sent the Son into the world to do was to die for us. Now I do want to be associated with the one who suffered a criminal's death. I do want to be associated with the one who says, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because I know that when Jesus spoke those words, that the Father had forsaken him, it was not because the Father did not love the Son, but it was so that he might be given over into death for our transgressions. That he might suffer the separation from the Father, however that is possible, I do not know. But it happened so that I might never be separated from God ever again. Mankind lost life when they fell into sin. But in Christ, who gave his life into death for us, we have again reclaimed what is lost by faith in Christ. We have again new life. This man who was stricken and smitten and afflicted by God has brought to us healing. He has brought to us a peace that is beyond our understanding because we have now been restored. The relationship that was lost with God the Father is brought back to us. All of us were like sheep, having gone astray, each to our own ways, and yet God has sent His Son to gather us up, these lost sheep about to be devoured by the wolf, and yet he takes us from the mouth of the devil and he brings us back and he binds us up and he heals us in the forgiveness of our sins. If there's anything that you should be contemplating this Lenten tide, it's this spiritual suffering of Christ. It's hard. It's hard for us to think that he was hurt in the body, that he was beat with rods, that he was stripped of that purple garment, that he had a crown of thorns pressed into his head, that he was even pierced in the hands and in the the legs, that he was grasping for every breath of air that he could possibly get as he hung on the cross. But none of those, none of those, not even the whipping with the cat of nine tails was as great of a suffering as it was to suffer for our transgressions, what the Father poured out upon him, the wrath over sin. And you might say, who could bear such a thing? And it's beyond our comprehension. What father would do that to their son? For John 3.16, that passage that all of you like to quote, for God so loved the world that he gave. What did he give his son to do? Gave him to suffer and to die. The love that God has for this world is not that they continue in transgressions into hell and everlasting death. The love that God has for his creation is that they be redeemed. That is bought back by this, the precious blood of our Savior, as it was poured out onto the ground by God himself. This cost 
was the cost of your salvation. He gave him into death. It was necessary that just as Moses lifted up the bronze serpent in the wilderness and that everyone who looked on that serpent would live, so too now all those who believe upon the Son of God, their righteousness shall have life and forgiveness. What an amazing thing God has done for us. And Christ was silent in it all. He didn't say, looking on into all things that he knew, saying, well, they're not going to appreciate it. Why keep going? He didn't keep going on and saying, well, I know that there is this one person that's never going to receive this. So what's the point in dying for all the sins of the world? It'd be best to just leave these few out. He was silent. He opened not his mouth. He was like a lamb led to the slaughter and a sheep before his shearers is silent. He opened not his mouth. He went through it all. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. God reconciled the world to himself through the death of Christ who brought full payment for our transgressions. God has delivered to you such a wonderful gift in Christ. So turn not your face from him. Go back not to darkness, but remain in the light. Let the the light of God shine in your hearts and on your mind this Lenten tide. Whatever it reveals, whatever sins are keeping you from experiencing that fullness of joy that comes in Jesus, confess them, repent of them. Give not the devil a single foothold in your life. For Jesus did not die for some of the world. The Father did not give him just for a few sins. He gave them for your sins. Christ has died for you. He has borne your grief. He has carried your sorrow. And he has changed it all. For in accomplishing this, your salvation, he gave you every reason to rejoice. He gave you every reason to bless God and to give thanks to God. For he has delivered you from your wayward days. He has delivered you by making his soul an offering for your sin. He has carried you himself and placed you into the arms of the Father, the place that he should have been. But he went to death so that you might find your comfort in God the Father. So believe in him, believe in Christ. He is your righteousness. And what he has accomplished for you cannot ever be accomplished by anything you could possibly do in this life. No works of yours will be able to save you, but look to the work of what Jesus has done. Outwardly, without the preaching of the word, you would say, looks just like a man who was hated by everyone, even hated by God. But the gospel has come to your ears. You know what that was. 
you know what was accomplished there in the cross of Calvary. As he was crucified, God accomplished your salvation and brought to you everlasting life. For all those who believe in Christ are not condemned, but are saved through him. In Jesus' name, amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all your understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord.